This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy whenever this drops to you all, because this is a very special edition of The Wrap. It is the 2023 Wrap Awards celebrating the very best and worst in WWE for the calendar year. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the still rapidly improving Von Wagner, normally on the free feed that we're back on, so happy to be here once again. He is perky at least once a month, but even to end the year, he wants to be the Grinch. He wants to spread misery to us all, but I bring to you spreading Christmas jeer, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Oh, I'm perky again. I just put the wrong name in, but I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, Keela, as always. It's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm excited. And we are giving away awards, rap awards. Okay, we're giving them away. We're giving them away. We're handing those out. We've got our envelopes. We have the, we have the winners in these envelopes right here. Right here, okay? We're giving, we're giving awards away. Real excited. Um, I'm going to be focused in 100% on this show. Do I believe you? Absolutely not. Because, dear listeners out there, I have a spoiler alert. Spoiler, as we are recording this episode right now to be dropped before the end of the year, Scott is currently watching the Lakers lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves 79-76, down by three, a minute 54 left in the third quarter. So by the time this recording is over, either Scott's going to be elated or disappointed. And for your listening pleasure, in the future past tense, he'll melt down live on the air. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I can't make any promises any way, win or lose. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. It's going to be live and it's going to be recorded. Yes, it is. For prosperity purposes, you know, for quality control purposes, I will have this recorded for the record when the Lakers lose. But until then, also with us today as someone who's been with us for all three rap awards, we cannot do this show without this person because he brings a lot of levity, great context and analysis. And he always dry cleans at one tux once a year to put on, to be flashy for us. He has also certified the votes they are in they are official to quote Adam Pierce back on the wrap once again is our good friend Stephen Conway. Welcome back, Stephen. Thank you, Keila and Scott. We're very glad to be here. It's been one of the wilder, more exciting years in WWE in a very long time, and I can't wait to break it all down with you. I really appreciate you having me on again. No problem. So let's get into the year that was for WWE. And I want to start with Steven. So you've been watching WWE for the most part. And I want your overall recap of the year that was for WWE, because as we talk privately, it is really hard to pick some worst moments this year, because for the first time in a really long time, WWE's delivered 
good PLEs and very good television shows. It has been a remarkable year on camera for WWE overall. It's been very strong stuff on each show in, in very different ways. There is a lot of upcoming exciting talent in NXT that I've really enjoyed. There has been some terrific stuff on SmackDown involving the Bloodline. There has been great stuff on Raw talking about Cody's journey and Judgment Day. And there's plenty more besides that. Up and down the shows, they've been entertaining. They've been interesting. The in-ring has been good. Gunther has made the Intercontinental title mean more than it has, I think, since the 20th century, really. I can't think of a time in the you know, in this century where that title has meant this much and uh, it, everything he does is special. All of that, while it has been one of the most tumultuous years behind the scenes in WWE. I mean, you had Triple H building up to his first WrestleMania, having one of the best WrestleManias we've ever had. Then there was the whole specter of Vince somehow incredibly against <laughs> All logic and odds, weaseling his way back into power there. Somehow, with settlements and lawsuits and federal search warrants being executed, he manages to get back in. Then he takes a back seat on creative and sells the company. And now it looks like perhaps, we know of two, but perhaps all three television shows changing networks, maybe changing nights. It's amazing that in the midst of all of that, they have managed to focus and put on one of the better in-ring years they've had in a long time. It's just a, been a remarkable thing to look at all year long. And what's crazy is the behind-the-scenes craziness is not even the lead story. It's huh? like, crazily enough, it's still the product itself across all three shows. They're selling out arenas and stadiums, which is insane. And I think about MSG. This is going to be a non-televised event. And you could have 15,000 people mm -hmm. the day after Christmas at MSG. And it was maybe a couple of years ago when it was a struggle bus to get eight in there. But yeah. now you're going to have 15,000 people at MSG the night after Christmas. That's remarkable by WWE. And Vince McMahon, we thought he was gone, you know, back in 2022. Happy days are here again. Triple H is in charge. But he weasels his way back into power. Stephanie McMahon leaves the company again. Yeah. We get the Saudi report. The Saudis are buying WWE. That's <laughs> a panic attack for 24 hours. And then we had to calm down and say, do you really think that's going to be released by the wrestling media? No, it's going to be released by the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, Bloomberg. And sure enough, right after WrestleMania, it's Endeavor, who owns UFC, saying we're just going to merge these two companies together and be one big powerhouse conglomerate. And then as soon as the deal's done in September, Vince loses more power. There's more lawsuits. There's more investigations. He's completely pushed out of creative. And now it's Triple H's baby. It's his full vision on full display. Vince is hopefully on his yacht and not contacting anybody via Zoom. And then we end the year, as we'll get to shortly, on an even more surprising note, as hell is frozen over via the return of one Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk. But, Scott, you've been with me every step of the way this year, through the highs and lows. Let's not forget the night after WrestleMania when we thought all hell, Vince is oh. really back. Oh. But now he's gone again. We can kind of breathe easier. But your overall scope of the year that was for WWE in 2023. I mean, I, I think it's been a great year. I 
there's not much more you could have asked for except for maybe a couple pin- people to uh, finish their stories. Um, but, you know, outside of that, it's I mean, we had some spectacular moments. We had some incredible matches. We had, in my opinion, arguably the greatest women's match ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we we've we've had just some incredible things to talk about for this year. And, you know, we've had two people be champion throughout the entire year. And we're still looking forward to both of them showing up, still looking forward to both of their matches. And they're completely different. We're looking forward to Gunther and his match and see what he's going to, what finisher is he going to use this week? I mean, there was, there was a two month span where this dude was just using a different finisher every week. He beat Braun with a, with an arm hold. Then he beat somebody with a clothesline the next week, then a power bomb splash. And he was just, then he hit Chad Gable with the SmackDown versus Raw finishers, hit all three of them in a row. Like, so he, I mean, that's just, you know what I mean? And then you've got Roman Reigns, self-explanatory. People can say what they want about him doing this part-time schedule. When he shows up, people show up and that's what you want. He feels special. He's an attraction and all his matches. I mean, the crowd goes nuts and we're going to talk about him a lot, but I think it's been a banner year for WWE um, you know, the financial success, you know, aside just the in-ring, qual- I, I can't remember a year they've had as strong in-ring as they've had this year. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, even really nailing down. I, 2016 had some great matches, 2010, 2011 had some great matches. I don't know if they had consistently every, every week, every month, a great match like we've had this year. So I think it's been a banner year. It really has. And I also think about the fact that the PLEs have not missed for the most part. And normally it's a skippable show. And back in my day, if there was a PLE that was like a brand split situation, I wouldn't care. I'm like, I'm going to skip that month. I'm not missing much. But every show this year by WWE has been pretty good, either great, solid, very good, even NXT, which I think has been the most improved show in the umbrella television cycle because they just figured out we are developmental, but we can also be a hybrid of bringing people from the main roster to our show. And Becky Lynch, prime example number one, coming in there, shaking it up, being a ratings draw, Dominic Mysterio, known ratings mover that is undeniable (laughs) irrefutable evidence that guy got a bag as he should and becky's going to get her bag next year as she should as well and i just love the fact that after all these years they figured it out nxt can exist in an ecosystem where you can develop the future and also have people come by and lend their experience and support to help lift this brand And Baron Corbin is a prime example of that as he's found his voice as a heel that was very unimpressive on the main roster in terms of identity. But on NXT, this is a guy I believe in. He might lose all of his matches, but on the mic, which I have rarely been able to say, has delivered in every way and convinced me he could win. Yeah, it's been great over there. And you mentioned the the CM Punk thing earlier, too. Having him back just brings this air of danger to the whole <laughs> the whole uh, company. And when all this happened with AEW, and I we talked about it on, on our show, speaking of strong style, because there were rumors was Punk going to New Japan. There was just no way that was going to work out. But I thought it would be impossible for both WWE and CM Punk to refrain from thumbing their nose at AEW 
like this long. I, I just, I, I was surprised it took as long as it did for them to just kind of break down and just say, okay, we don't really like each other, but you know, and nevertheless, let's just do this because I mean, Tony Khan, right? We got to thumb our nose at Tony Khan here. And they did. And I, I just cracks me up that Triple H is sitting there. He's got CM Punk for the raw renegotiations. And that's already born fruit as the Warner brothers discovery talks seem to have opened up again since punk came back. And I know the triple H is sitting in his office thinking one sweet, sweet day. I'm going to get to fire this guy again. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait until that contract is signed for three more years. And I get to fire CM punk again. It's going to be a good day. And uh, all that's coming. We we got an interesting 2024 coming because if you think CM Punk's <laughs> mellowing out backstage, you're out of your damn mind. So it's gonna be fun. It's just there's the roller coaster will continue to roll. No, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. You see him getting all chummy in NXT. You saw how Tony Khan gave him ramp, uh, gave him collision. Yes. He about to get NXT. That's no, that's no. gonna be the move. <laughs> He's gonna be like, "Oh, you don't want me, Hunter? I'm going. I'm going to Sean. I like Sean better anyway. He was oh, the better goodness. member of DX. Send Phil to Florida. You're oh right, my god! Right. And we're joking, but the fact is, like Tony did give CM Punk collision, but but in ten years, when Punk is like fifty five years old. And he's actually surpassed the contracts times two in WWE. He'll sign the Supermax once again. He is going to be leading the future in Orlando. It is going to be known as the Philip Brooks Developmental Program at the Performance Center. He is going to be running shop. Sean will retire. And CM Punk will be running developmental. He will be training the future. Who would have thought that? I, I will say this. Uh, I hope that I am back here doing this show again next year. And uh, just because I enjoy doing it, if CM Punk is still with WWE when we do the show next year, I will be a very surprised man. <laughs> you know, the, the fact the fact that you're even saying if he's employed with them in just one year. One year. Yeah. No, no, seriously. One year. That's, that's, that's crazy to think about. But you're right. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's just crazy to think about that this dude might not even make it back to his one-year anniversary. I, I'm just going on the the history of everywhere he's ever worked in his life. <laughs> that's all. I'm, that's all I'm ever saying. It's you know that it, you know he's been someplace for years at a time. Uh, you know, but he's he's never really been happy there. And he and Trips don't like each other. Remember, Triple Triple H fired him on his wedding day. This has not been forgotten. But uh, right now, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And uh, here we are. But, uh, you know, let's see. And, and, and he is coming in handy for those raw negotiations. That's for sure. Uh, that's going to bear fruit. So it'll, it'll be worth it on a money basis. And they can tolerate each other long enough to do that. But uh, I just don't see how he keeps himself in check. And I don't see how Hunter keeps himself from just saying, oh, I, I, oh good. I get, I, all he has to do is slip up once. Just slip up once. And I get to send that FedEx again. To be fair, CM Punk is just like Triple H, Tony Khan, all of them. He's super petty. And there's no yes. greater motivation than money and revenge. Oh, and spite makes the world go around. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, yes, like, this dude is probably he's probably going to at least be on his best behavior through like WrestleMania and backlash where he knows they're just, yeah. you know, all the attention is still going to be around. So I think we're at least going to get this good CM Punk to at least backlash. Then after that, all bets are off. Summer of yep. Punk, all bets are off. Yep, and I agree with you. I'm a bit more optimistic. Now, I will say this. I think you'll make it to next year because okay. the environment is different. 
And I think it's a bit more mellow. It's a bit more chill. And he likes more people backstage here versus AEW. I do believe that. And you have older friends he's reunited with, very happy. He's reconnected with Kofi Kingston, missed their friendship very much. And I do believe that there is a lot of maturity behind the scenes in WWE that wasn't apparent 10 years ago. People are gone. That caused him a lot of strife and stress. And now he's in a position to maybe thrive. And I always said this, I think dating back the 2019 when they did the WWE backstage show on FS1, when he took the job to talk about WWE without being directly on WWE programming and that he was biting then, he was fishing then for a contract. Waited a couple of years until AEW knocked on the door and said how much you wanted. And he came through. He made that big declaration, I'm back in professional wrestling. But I think his heart always lingered in WWE, that unfinished business of main eventing a WrestleMania. And Triple H, for everything that he's done thus far, what he knows how to do best is offer an olive branch. And he's done that several times to people that we never thought would be back in WWE, such as Bruno Sammartino, for example. So if he can bridge the gap to get people back, to get their flowers while they're here, good for you. And he has gone through some life changes over the last year or so. He's a different person than he was 10 years ago. And when you add that maturity and that life-altering experience, it does lend itself to maybe a changed direction in terms of leadership and Triple H being able to handle CM Punk a bit better and Punk also realizing this is basically my last chance to do something here. If I blow it, where do I go next? I'm legit running out of options. Yeah, that uh, that MLW contract probably looking a little light on the zeros compared to the one he's getting currently. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a fair point. Well, I I am excited at the idea of coming back in a year and seeing where CM Punk falls into things. I'm I'm very very curious. Me too. We should place bets. Actually, we should put money on the table. Come back next year. See who's going to collect. Oh, will Steven? <laughs> will Steven be rich? Will CM Punk still be in WWE? I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. Yeah. Whatever, whatever line y'all throwing out there. I think I'm taking the under. So whatever, whatever you're throwing out there, man, give me the under. So you're you're taking over over money in the bank. You think he's going to get through money in the bank? He's going to get through Mania. That I agree yeah. with. He's not yeah, leaving until Mania. Get Mania. I think money, in the, money in the bank. I think he makes it through. After that, I think it gets a little dicey. Yep. All right. So we're going to say the breaking point will be backlash 2024 in France. Okay. Okay. Bet. Well, yeah, and, and if he if he makes it all the way to SummerSlam, then he might get through the year. Maybe. Yeah, well, I don't if he know. gets to SummerSlam, I, if he gets to SummerSlam, he'll yeah. definitely get through the year. Yeah. Real. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I he, think if he gets to SummerSlam and everything is is good, he getting through the year. Right, here's my question though, and, and I, we're doing a lot of supposing here and a lot, a lot <laughs> yeah. of things. Happen. But you get past SummerSlam, right? Then yeah. they come to him with their idea for. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Wait a minute, I'm not in the main event? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, see, now, now we might be on to some, but he's getting through that year. 
but he's getting through that year. But you think he's waiting out the year? Well, you know. Yeah, yeah. At, at that point, I think he'll at least get through the year. Well, look, look for us next year and see who's uh, see who's right. <laughs> it, it will not be boring. <laughs> no, for sure. Never boring at all. And I cannot wait to revisit this next year. If CM Punk is still, in fact, still in WWE by then. But also, before <laughs> when, we <laughs> when they tell him it's the Miz and Maurice versus he and AJ. Whoa, hey, oh, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, no, hey. oh no, take it easy. That's oh, what no. we got for Mania next year. See take you then. Take it easy. Take it easy. If CM Punk is lucky enough to get a match with The Miz at WrestleMania, he should be thankful. Amen, sir. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like take take it easy. Take no, it no, easy. no. That wasn't a diss on Miz. I'm just saying that's, that's the kind of thing. <laughs> now, see, Steven, why did you do that? Why did you give Scott this window of hope to say, okay, mm-hmm. Michael Mazanin will give CM Punk relevance and yeah, a main no. event <laughs> spot at WrestleMania for next Absolutely. year in a mixed tag team match because you know he's a Miz Homer. You know yeah, this. Yeah, I know, I know. And I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. Hey, but but Keela playing, she would be all for AJ Lee coming back with a mixed tag with CM Punk versus the Miz and Maurice. You know I am. You know I'm an AJ I know, Lee stand. I, I fully support this. I so know. you know my heart leans in that direction. I know, but man. I know your bias is extra apparent. No it's, question. I know. It's I'm so broken up about heels getting canceled. They lost their gig there. That show should oh, still be on. All I right. Know. All right. Let's 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 go on to the award show. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Good Lord. He's bringing up all these bad news. Yeah. No, I, lo- I love that show. I need to know I what, were, I need I to know what Jack's going to do. I need to know I what Jack, what's going to happen to Jack. What's going to happen to Jack, man? <laughs> oh, I know. The guy, he's still laying in the ring as far as I know. He might still be there. Right? <gasps> oh, terrible. my gosh. Spoiler yeah. alert, people. Spoilers for those oh. who haven't watched season two. Oh, my goodness. Now they're like, you better what? not talk about the Iron Claw. Boy, we'll just do oh, that. Oh, oh, now, Steven, you tried it. No spoilers. No spoilers. You tried it. You tried it, sir. Now, that, that, I can't. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. But <laughs> let's get to the 2023 Rap Awards categories. 
created by yours truly from the very beginning. They have not deviated very much as we are basically recapping the year that was for WWE, recapping some of the best and worst moments of the year. And we normally start at the tippy bottom of our list, work our way up to the upper echelon of goodness. And then we have a couple of special ballots, courtesy of Paul Fontaine and Jeremy Finestone, who came through courtesy of our Discord with their own winners for these categories. But let's start from the bottom and work our way to the very top of our list with the worst match of the year before i reveal my pick i'm going to toss it to scott scott across the calendar year in wwe which is to your estimation the worst match of the year you know before last legend decided to toss otis around i was gonna say anything involving last legend but i can't say that anymore because she decided to show up and show out this last month so shout out to you lash <laughs> your name's not in this envelope okay um i hate to say this i uh the worst match for me that i did not enjoy that i wanted to enjoy is the miz versus edge wow wow i'm really surprised didn't enjoy it, and I just, you know, even I came away like, yeah, buddy, mm. we need something better. He showed he's he again another guy who's been showing up and showing out, but that one didn't didn't do it for me. Um, and uh, it's all and also the Miz versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Ooh, ooh, oh, I oh. forgot that match. The quad exploding. <sighs> wow. Then you got uh, and then you got Snoop Dogg improvising, which he did fine at, but it's yes, still Snoop Dogg improvising. Save the whole segment. He did. He really did. did. Save the whole segment. Even though, we, even though the mic picked up Jessica Carr, ref Jessica say, "People's elbow, people's elbow." Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. She was trying to be smoother about it, but the mic yeah. was right freaking there. And Mike's her, telling Mike's on fault. the ground, telling him to like hit me. Hit me. <laughs> but Snoop covered that beautifully, didn't he? But yeah, those uh, Mike Mike Mizan and uh, he's coming away with some with some Razzies. Deservedly so. At least you're honest, Scott. I appreciate that. You're not a complete homer for your guy. I do love you for that. So, Stephen, after Scott joggled my memory as to why that happened this year, your worst match of the year for WWE. Well, it was early on, and and it puts me in an uncomfortable position. To be fair, I don't, and I don't mean to bring the whole mood down, but for me, unfortunately, it's L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, and uh, yeah. this was one that I just didn't think worked. And I've been on this show before. I. Bray Wyatt's fiend work, it's its not why I enjoy pro wrestling, the supernatural stuff and the, the weird characters and all that. It, it, it doesn't do it for me. I understand that wrestling is a variety show. And, and, you know, if you don't like the juggler, you like the magician. If you don't like that, you like this was the, the act I didn't care for. And then I didn't think this match went well. The glowing uh, lighting I thought was annoying and poorly done. You really couldn't see much. Uh, the match wasn't good because, you know, Bray is the fiend, doesn't wrestle well, and Knight can't carry all that. The Uncle Howdy stuff didn't do it for me. And it, eh, it's just not why I watch wrestling. And, and that was that was a tough match to get through and uh, ends up looking pretty insignificant now uh, in, in the wake of what happened with Bray later, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll cover. But uh, that was one match where I just thought, boy, that's, that's really kind of takes me out of uh, wrestling for a minute. I needed a palate cleanser after that one when it aired. Yeah, it was a rough match. Definitely one of the worst matches I've seen this year as well, unfortunately. And I think that we had a lot of high hopes for the 
Wyatt Six concept, wanted to see how it would phase and play out at the Warrior Rumble, and it was disappointing. The sponsorship, the glow-in-the-dark aspect of it was definitely a choice, but LA Knight came out on the other side of it stronger in terms of getting a push, and I just wish that was not the last time we would have seen Bray Wyatt, but it's just, it's very, 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 very sad how that kind of came about in the end. Jeremy Feinstone also selected LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt at the Warrior Rumble as well. And Paul Fontaine picked Natalia versus Chelsea on October 30th. I think that might've been the trick or street fight. Now that match, Paul was not that bad, but by your standards, Damn. That's a deep cut. That's a deep That's cut. A deep cut and wound. Hell of a pick right there, Paul. He dug deep in the reserves yeah, for that shout pick. Out to you he did. For that one. That's why he keeps a spreadsheet, man. That guy can keep no track doubt. of everything. <laughs> he a, did. Heck of a pick. Yeah. Wow. My pick is a bit stronger than the one selected. Okay. And I'm going to be a little bold here and say the worst match I saw this year from WWE from a pure booking standpoint was Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, Mm. the tribal combat at SummerSlam Mm. in Detroit, Michigan. This match was slow, plotting, boring. Jimmy comes out in his ninja outfit, attacks his brother. We called it on this show. We expected it. But I just wanted the match to be better than it was. Their match at No Mercy back or Hell in a Cell back in 2020 when nobody was there was better than this match, which was very slow and plodding. And Roman was hurt early on during this match. But at the same time, the match was just there. It was probably Roman's weakest championship match he's had since being champion. And that's been a lot of title defenses, a lot of really good to great matches. This was not one of them. I think that's fair. I mean, it was uh, it, it was definitely a disappointment when it happened. You're just like, boy, this just doesn't feel like it's picking up. It never really, it never really got any momentum, did it? I mean, I, I don't really mind if a match, a long main event match, starts slow because you kind of expect it to build, but it never really did. It never got out of second gear. Agreed. It just felt mm, to me, and it was very odd. Because those guys work great together. The build-up on TV, very good. The actual execution of this match, not so much. But that is my winner for worst match of the year in WWE. Runner-up would be Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. And the aforementioned, I forgot it happened, The Miz versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania Night 2 in LA. But our next category is worst moment of the year to be awarded to the worst thing you saw on TV or a, P- or a PLE this year that was like, wow. I question sometimes why I'm a wrestling fan, but Steven, your pick for worst moment of the year. Whew. Well, I mean, as far as something that was on TV that just made me really uncomfortable, um, this was a tough one because there, there really wasn't a lot of truly embarrassing things uh, out there this year. It was, like I mentioned, it was a, a fairly strong year for that. Um, it's still a challenge for me to think here. Um, yeah, I think probably that 
<laughs> the moment where Shane tore his quad was pretty rough. It was just a, it, like, it was a, it was a surprise, and you just thought, oh, Shane, we're doing that again. Like the, it was like I don't think anybody really missed him. Not to be insulting towards Shane, but when he came out and then to tear his quad immediately and things, and it's just like, boy, this is all gone terribly off the rails on a really big stage. Uh, so as far as something that happened like in in the the ring on the TV show, the worst thing. Uh, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably go with that for now. Uh, we didn't thankfully didn't get too many cinematic matches. Those are usually my worst. I mentioned the worst match there, so I suppose probably poor Shane one move into his match, uh, tearing his quad out and having to just lay there still while uh, Snoop Dogg improvises. That's probably the the most uncomfortable moment there. Hi, right, Scott. Your turn. Actually, Keela, you kind of took it. My worst moment was Jimmy Uso specifically turning on Jay Uso in that match. Um, it just feels like they took a bit of a retread. You know, it feels like they took a couple steps back in the story to kind of get to a spot where they can hold, you know, until they're ready to mm -hmm. take get you to that next chapter. Um, you know, I, I know for some people, the the Cody not finishing his story is the one that one doesn't irk me as much. Like I'm okay with, you know, this, you know, the, the top baby face lose. Like, I'm okay with them taking an L like that. Like I'm okay with that. Cause especially as long as he comes back and does what he's supposed to do. Uh, but this whole thing with Jimmy, when they had just gotten the, the first pinfall on Roman Reigns in years, got this huge reaction, you know, the, the big moment of, well, well you know what you out and I'm out too. And, I mean, that's a, that's a, an awesome moment. And, you kill it three weeks later, and what has happened since then? Jay Uso hasn't won a big match. Jimmy Uso doesn't win at all. So it's like, what happened after that? I, Jay Uso has the fans behind him, no question, but it's not like he's winning matches now. So I just, what happened and what came after is it just has me like, for me, that's the worst moment because nothing came from it, and you had a you had a hot baby face in Jay Uso. Hot baby face. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it goes to the fact that I think for the first time, the Bloodline saga hit a plateau after what happened at SummerSlam. They was going real good, riding high. They told stories and chapters of this story for three plus years. And every year was a good year. And then this happened at SummerSlam and it's been kind of a record scratch ever since. This might be the first time like the shark was about to jump. It's in the air. Hasn't completely sailed over yet. But that's kind of where we are right now. I do like Jimmy being comedic and funny with Roman. Those segments are cute. But he's not being really elevated in the ring right now. He's losing all the time. Being basically the fall guy for his cousin. Solo gets to be protected for the most part. And Jimmy is the guy that he depends. Jay as well lately on Monday Night Raw. So over as a babyface, obviously. But this storyline at SummerSlam definitely did not benefit either brother at this point. And if they're waiting to do something at WrestleMania... Good luck reheating it up between now and then. I think it can be done because Jay is great on the mic. Jimmy is as well, and they can deliver. But that detour to get to where we need to go was definitely a choice. As for Jeremy Finestone, his worst moment of the year was Cody Rhodes losing at WrestleMania night two in that main event to Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And Paul Fontaine's worst moment was, unfortunately, the passing of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that as well, uh, just because, and it was kind of my worst, it was my worst moment, and I had notes on it, and then you mentioned that it was something that happened on camera, and of course, Bray's passing uh, didn't, but 
uh, just to talk about it a little bit, it did happen while we were live. We found out about it live on the air while we were doing Speaking of Strong Style. So while we're doing our show, Jeremy and I, we found out about Bray's passing. And I mentioned that I wasn't a, a fan of his work as The Fiend. I like the, the Wyatt family quite a bit, actually. But, uh, you know, it wasn't my thing, but there should have been time to change all that and for him to evolve. Uh, no family should have to be left without a loving husband and a father at that age. And, and the, when I found, I heard that he passed, I'll say this about Bray. He was one of the very best at fan interactions. One of the very best. I seen as historic on that kind of stuff, but uh, he was so good with, with people. And when he died, I was sitting there talking to Jeremy, we were shell shocked. And I remembered a video I saw of Bray at a signing. It was like at a comic book store, one of those collectible stores or something like that. And a fan had brought him a pencil drawing that she, I think it was a she, as it's been a little while, so pardon the, the details. But it was a pencil drawing that this person had made of Bray. And Bray was very gracious and things, but went beyond that. And because he has, you know, it was an, an artist and a creative type started asking this person about like, what kind of pencils did you use? Like, what, what did you, was this like, the, like talking about the pencil strokes and things and actually had a substantive conversation with the person instead of just saying, oh, this is great. You want me to sign it? You know, like, but had a conversation with this person who put the time and effort into making that drawing and was very friendly and talking about the, the creation of that piece of art. And you could see what that meant to the person that gave it to him and 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 it just meant the world that he took that time and i thought I, i'm not sure a whole lot of people would have done that and and this person would have been perfectly happy had he just said thank you signed whatever it was hey i appreciate that they would have been beaming walking out of the store instead uh he gave them what's probably a, a cherished core memory right there is that somebody when you when you do all that and then the person doesn't only say thank you but takes an interest in even how you did it and showed you that you know you were you're an artist also, you know, and, um, and that's what I thought about. And, uh, you know, I thought about how, uh, maybe I'm not a fan of his matches, but the world was a better place with Wyndham Rotunda in it. And, uh, uh I'm, I'm sorry he's gone. I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance to see, uh, maybe another iteration of him that I would have liked more. And even if I didn't, uh, it, it's still better to have him here than, 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 uh, the way it went. So, uh, I, you know, I, I wish he were, I wish he were still around. Miss you, Bray. We miss him too. A beautiful creative mind gone far, far too soon at 36 years old and off camera. That is by far the saddest and worst moment of the year for WWE, a passing that took us all by surprise because we thought he was getting better coming back, you know, presumably in the fall, but that wasn't going to happen. Very, very sad news over the summer. But to bring some lightness back to the situation, get back on screen, my worst moment of the year, I have to agree with Jeremy was Cody Rhodes not winning the universal championship at night to a WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. Y'all remember the rap with me, Scott and Gigi. I was not pleased. And I feel like this was still the wrong decision. Now in hindsight, yeah, Jay took out Roman lovely. Didn't win the championship at this point. We're basically padding the record and Roman's not working any matches hardly. So at this point, Cody could have been champion and it could have been all been good. But oh no, let's get a Roman 1,000 plus days as champion, pad that record, and let's have him run it up at WrestleMania 40. Let's get to Cody once again and let him finish his story. I think it would have meant more this year versus what's coming next year, but I digress. 
They got they, they just trying to get Terry out of there. That's all. They just want to get Terry out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got yeah. got to get Big T out of there. Not Big yeah. T. That's probably true. It, the, the thing too, the entire story that Roman has done since the feud with the Usos, everything at Money in the Bank, the inner turmoil, all of that could be the exact same story without the Universal Title in it. Could have been. Mm-hmm. It, it's it would have been just as interesting. The the Universal Title. Doesn't add any intrigue because that unit was so good for so long that the breakup and the, that whole thing with Jay and Jimmy and and Solo could do all that without the belt and and Cody could have had the run. So yeah, a- absolutely, it was a mistake. It you know that was one big mistake that year. That was it because uh, they could have been doing the exact same stuff, but more interesting on the Cody end and exactly as interesting on the Roman end. And it was just a swing and a miss. Exactly. And they're paying for it right now. Like they're still thriving and succeeding, but I think it could have been a little bit better and different if Roman wasn't the champion right now. But hey, they got it for WrestleMania 40. We'll see what they do. Make me believe this is ultimately the right decision heading into next year's mania. As we get to worst feud storyline of the year. Scott, your pick. Shism. <laughs> what, what are we, let's move on let's, let's, let's move on the, what are we doing no, no, no. Scott first of all <laughs> you have modified the name of the group they're not schism because I know you're trying to put the shit oh, in schism but been. no but I do not disagree with you and I think it's possible with us at least it could potentially be a clean sweep, but Steven, your pick. I do have, I, that's a very legitimate, and it's on, it was on my list and it was under <laughs> careful consideration. I will say one thing as far as just a misfire of something that probably could have been a lot better uh, was uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. which was a swing and a miss big time. The whole thing was rushed, of course, because Ronda Rhonda's leaving seemed to have taken everyone by surprise. It was like they weren't expecting it. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm out of here at SummerSlam. So let's wrap this up. And then, oh, shit. Um, but when the turn happened, it happened for no reason and in a weird situation where it shouldn't have happened. Uh, in the middle of a match uh, that didn't make sense, they couldn't decide week to week who the babyface was and who the heel was. It seemed to switch the way they talked week after week. And by the time they got in the ring, the crowd didn't really care that much and the match didn't work because they worked MMA doesn't look right. It just never does. You can tell that it's not real. And it's the whole idea though. This is an MMA match and the rest of the stuff is fake wrestling <laughs> on the same show. It's just weird. Anyway, it doesn't pan out. It never looks like a UFC fight. So I don't know why they tried to do it. And uh, it kind of fell flat, not kind of it very much fell flat. Uh, I respect that Rhonda wanted to put her friend over on the way out. I think the sentiment was good. I think her heart was in the right place. I'm leaving. Shayna's one of my best friends. I'll lose to her on the way out. Uh, but it was rushed. It was confusing. It wasn't executed well. And it just kind of took someone who at one point main evented WrestleMania and sent her out just with a ugly thud. And Shayna, too, do you remember in NXT when Rhea Ripley finally defeated Shayna Baszler, the fans rushed the ring, which might have been partially manufactured and things, but it was, the spirit of it was correct. We were like, we have finally vanquished this great evil. 
and everything with her on the main roster has just been kind of a, a just a, a wet towel, just like it, none of it's really worked out as well as it should have. And so these are two people, one of whom main evented WrestleMania, the other who was the top female heel on well, granted NXT, not one of the main shows, but it should have been better. Just should have been better. And for it to end on a thud like that, I thought it was just a poorly executed thing of uh, something that could have gone. Uh, this could have been a big deal. Let me grab my pencil right now. That would be my honorable mention for worst match of the year, Ronda versus Shane at SummerSlam and that MMA rules fight. It was not very good. And what's crazy is the fact that Shayna Baszler, the next night on Monday Night Raw, looked like hell because those were shoot punches and strikes, and she took a battering, and the fans did not care. That hurt my heart. Yeah, ask a wrestler is like the worst stuff is – blows that hurt but look like crap that, that's the worst you know yes. like like if you if you get hit and it looks great you can handle that it's like ouch that hurt but at least it got something out of the crowd if it doesn't hurt and it looks great thumbs up that's beautiful right the worst stuff is the stuff that hurts like hell and doesn't get over you're like oh god why don't i go through all that that was an entire match of that yes and i felt so bad because this is so boring and then on monday she like comes through looking like a game of operation just everything is broke and bruised. I felt for her. Like Shayna, girl, it wasn't worth all of that. You didn't get no reaction for this beating that you took, but thank you for trying anyway. I will always mm-hmm. respect her, but Lord have mercy. No, no. I mean, that's essentially the story of Ronda's career. We never got the Becky Lynch one-on-one match that should have happened. You know, Ronda, I mean, and as far as Shayna Baszler goes, I mean, like, what were we expecting when her first appearance, she came on the scene looking like she came out of underworld. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> what, what yeah. were we expecting? You know, she put her fangs out. Like, come on, yeah. man. You and, know, they didn't do her any favors. And bit a chunk of Becky's neck. I will and, never and forget Becky that. Was like, I'm out. Becky was like, I'm out. I got, I got to go. I, I got to have his baby. I can't do this no more. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go have his baby. <laughs> Becky Becky was in trimester one when that happened, I believe. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, that happened. I think that was one of my first I went viral tweets on Twitter because of that incident of when Shayna became a vampire and bit Becky in the neck. Never forget it. That was under the Paul Heyman administration, but under a lot of Vince McMahon touches, if I had to guess. Yeah, Paul, Paul's, Paul's record with women ain't great. That's just uh, Paul Heyman. Heyman, not Triple yes, H, but, but yes, Paul Heyman's yeah. record with women. You look back at what he booked in ECW, and he's taken out a lot of childhood frustrations here. He's taken out a lot of childhood Ooh. frustrations, and he with his booking on that, he's like all the people that turned him down. Boy, he's gonna he's gonna get them. Like his, yeah. his when it, uh, keep Paul away from the ladies' division. It's not it's not not gonna go well. No, well, I need I need to know what MMA fighter turned him down that he had to do that to Shayna. <laughs> You know, what Hoss turned him down and he had to do that to this killer Shayna? <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Maybe we'll get the yeah. Paul Hammond autobiography one day and we'll know exactly which one did it anonymously. But yeah, choices, Paul Heyman. Choices as we get to Paul Fontaine and Jeremy Finestone's picks. Worst feud will go to Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. Mm. It was not great. I will agree there. As for myself... I will agree with my tag team partner, my captain, Scott Young. I will properly say the name of this crew. It is not Schism. 
It's schism. <laughs> and I wrote it's what, it, it's what it should be. It's what it should be. <laughs> the more you say it, the funnier it gets. Keep saying it. <laughs> the schism. <laughs> okay, the, the new name, the schism. And <laughs> And I swear, I put in my notes, the schism versus everyone in NXT. That is the worst feud of the year. And now they're all gone. Ava is magically a liaison to Shawn Michaels, making match decisions for everybody backstage. My grizzly young veterans are off on the independent circuit, living their best life. And we got Joe Gacy being a troll underneath the ring, hunting Gallus. Help us all, dear Jesus. Did he turn over- into Freddy Krueger? He had like a striped sweater on and pulled the guy under like it was Dream Warriors or something. Yes. Like that. He's an oversized hornswoggle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Living under the ring and stuff. Next thing you know, he's going to be HBK's illegitimate son. Oh God. No, I don't I want mean, this. That's all life. HBK's been doing if we're keeping it a buck. And I'm not knocking him for it. It's just rehashing some of his old storylines and just giving him a little, a little up to date. So don't be surprised when Joe Gacy comes from under the ring. Is like, hey, Dad, you know. So, oh my God! Just saying. How old is Joe Gacy? If we do the math on this, so you could probably pass this off. I'm just saying. Don't, I don't make think Joe me Gacy's Google. Let me Google right now. If this Jaquila, if this comes in the late '90s, you can't really rule it out. I'm just. Saying. It is right possible. Did. Did. <laughs> I mean, look at the trick, Mellow. Did oh, oh oh wait a minute wait a minute he was born in 1987. Oh okay all right all right a little older than I thought he was then. 36. Okay he could pass. How old is HBK? He's got to be 60, right? That would have been his AWA days, wouldn't it? Well, they weren't. Sean hmm. Michaels at least 58. Yeah, 87. You would have just. Sean yeah. is 58. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Him and Janetti out on the town. Oh Lord. <laughs> One of his kids. Oh, it's gonna be Janetti's kid. Oh my god. It's gosh. gonna be Janetti's kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't listen to Scott. Whoever works for WWE and gets a copy of this episode. Do not listen to any of these suggestions. We don't Gacy want gets, it. If, if Gacy gets super kicked through a window by anybody, we'll know what happened. We'll <laughs> exactly. know the truth. We'll know the truth then. Because we know that Sean is living vicariously in the 90s through today's NXT. That's how it is. But yes, congrats, Shism. You have won worst feud storyline of the year versus everyone on NXT. May you never, ever come back. <laughs> what is that, Scott? The The medal of excellence? This is the, the, the badge of honor for getting yes. one of the worst awards. The badge Congrats. of dishonor. Yes. Congrats, Schism, formerly known as Schism. We'll send it under the ring to your next show in Orlando. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll FedEx it to you, Joe Gacy. Congratulations to you. As we get to an award that has taken on a life of its own, because this award is an important one. Because we remember the early days of Von Wagner on NXT. You stop it right now, Scott. You stop it right now. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me to do the Von Wagner. My bad. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I misheard. So many moons ago, we gave Von Wagner the inaugural Von Wagner Award of Excellence. <laughs> what a coincidence. To, to, to basically say, honey, we have hope for you. We believe in you. You're going to get better. 
we trust the process. It's going to take some time. So we have immortalized him via this award. And we have picked people who have actively improved over the calendar year in WWE. And we love improvement. And Vaughn himself won his own award last year for marked improvement. But this year, this award goes to Steven. I'm going to pick somebody that has, I feel, really improved. It's someone who always had the look and the talking ability. And someone who I just thought, if this guy really does learn how to wrestle, he'll be dangerous. And now I think he's well on his way. And I think Trick Williams has come leaps and bounds Mm. from one year ago. And, you know, I thought about a few others. Thankfully for WWE, there were a lot of contenders for this. There were a lot of people who improved a lot over the last year. But the person that I'm seeing at the beginning of the year where I just thought, oh, boy, very green, not quite ready yet. And all this to now where I just think, no, I think this guy is going to be a major player someday. Uh, Trick Williams with, you know, Carmelo Hayes has everything except height. And it makes me nervous. Although, you know, with, with Triple H now, that's not as much of a barrier to entry as it used to be. But other than that, Carmelo's got everything. Trick was taller. He had a little bit of a better build on him. And he could talk. Boy, he can talk. He's really well. And I just thought, boy, if this guy learns how to wrestle, by God, he's learning how to wrestle. I think he's going to be dangerous. I I think Trick Williams has come a very long way from this time last year to now. And uh, props to him. I mean, he he seems to have put in the work. They've given him the reps on TV. And I think he's come through. Great pick. You're making me rethink some things in real time, Stephen. You make me recalculate some mathematics of my awards. <laughs> May I have to shift some people around. That is a great pick because I love me some Trick Williams. I loved him since day one. I said, this dude can talk. Can he work? Debatable. But my God, this series, he has improved a lot. And that Iron Survivor challenge for the guys mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago at Deadline. Oh boy. Late match of the year our match of the year candidate by WWE. We're going to get to my ultimate picks later, but Scott, your pick for who wins the Von Wagner award of excellence, AKA most improved. For me, this is a two headed race. Um, and uh, one guy, one girl, and they were, you know, trick. I think tricks a great candidate, but I Dominic Mysterio for yeah. me. Um, I, I, it, he's somebody you can now rely on to main event shows. Um, yeah. They, they're letting him be CM Punk's first match back. You know what I mean? Like that's that says something about whether it's Punk who asked for it or whether it's just them who have the trust in him. Um, him having that big time matchup against Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania and coming through on his own, having these North American NXT style matches with Dragon Lee. I, I think Dominic Mysterio, for me, has he he's been every. I, especially from where he started at to where he is now. Like I look forward to watching Dominic Russell. I think he, he gets better every time. And the other person who was in the run was Tiffany Stratton. I guess she, she is cheddar biscuits all day. She's everything you look for in a superstar in a superstar. I mean, she, and the wrestling, I think, you know, she's picked that up as fast as anybody. So I, I got to give it to one of each. I can't decide between the two. So I got co-winners, you know, I got, I got, I got, I got co-winners, Dominic Mysterio and Tiffany Stratton. I hope mommy don't get mad at me. <laughs> Should be okay. Man, which reminds me, we are approaching the one year anniversary of when Ray had Dom arrested on Christmas Eve. 
Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. How about that? <laughs> mommy slap mommy will always be one of the greatest lines Dominic ever said in his life as he got arrested. <laughs> And you, know, me. <laughs> and you know that you live in a nosy neighborhood when everybody came out to wonder what's going on at Ray's house. Why the police <laughs> out here? What's going on? I love it. Ray had the mask on. Ray had the mask <laughs> on deck. <laughs> Ray the had house, mask on deck. The house mask. I still can't. <laughs> I can't. I love those skits last year. A lot of attention to detail and creativity attached to it. But as for our special picks from Jeremy Finestone, his most improved goes to the Creed Brothers. It's mm. a good one. Yeah. And Paul Fontaine selects Lash Legend. It's a choice. Yeah. Last two months, she's been great. I don't know about the first 10. <laughs> but, but, but no, but I, but I get it though. Cause like I said it earlier, she has show, she has been showing up and showing out whenever she gets on the screen, these last like two, two months, legit. She makes her presence felt, and she's been looking good in the ring. So I, I get it, man. She's moving. Well, she's she's another one that uh, like Trick, really. Where I just thought, okay, uh, all kinds of charisma all day yes. long. Yeah, fantastic marketable look. I mean, you know the the she's clearly an athlete. I mean, she played in the WNBA. Yeah, you know, like she's the, mm-hmm. the, this is an athletic. Part. It, it's just get you know not that coordinated in the ring for a long time at first, but it's it's there if you boy if she gets this dangerous and so maybe she's maybe she's starting to get maybe i'll maybe that'll be my pick next year i I wasn't quite you know thought that she had picked it up as much as some of the others that have been mentioned but i'm rooting for her because boy there's just so much potential with her yeah and i will actually co-sign with paul fontaine and i will select lash legend as my most brood of the year i will say like those 10 months we didn't see her was actually a blessing because she was behind the scenes working to get better and when we saw her on TV, she stood out in a good way. And I was really impressed with her during the women's Iron Survivor Challenge at Deadline. She came in that match and she handled her business. She was hossing women around with ease, like double suplexes off the top rope, choke slams into power bombs, just absolutely dominating in the ring. And that is how we found out this is how you get lashed over by being a powerhouse, by being there, being dominant, and being in control. And guess what? The fans loved it. Let me let me just add one thing. Um, I, I have to do this every time you say it. She hit the superplex on both women into a kip up. Yes. Into a kip up. Into a okay. kip up. I you you gotta add that because when she decided to just kip up like that, I was like, you made Julius Creed proud. Yes. <laughs> okay. If Julius Creed is over there, like, all right, all right, Lash, you got it. And he legit went on Twitter and hyped her up to say, See Oh, she I'm did saying? that. <laughs> like Julius is like, listen. See what I'm saying? Besides unlimited cheddar biscuits, as you know, I love me some Julius, but he is an excellent cheerleader for people that he loves. He cheerlead mm-hmm. for Lash and for Trick at Deadline. So, you know, I love me some Julius. When you represent my people, I love you, Jules. I love you. <laughs> Hugs, kisses, more. Yeah, but Lash, most improved. I think there's even more improvement coming next year the more she gets experience in the ring because I think she's unlocked her power. That, honey, you are a powerhouse. That's what you're supposed to do. Hoss around people and fuck them up. That's your DNA. 
and use use that size. I mean, she's got that height. She's got the you know, it, and there are a lot of a lot of the women in WWE barely get their head over the top rope. You know, when they're standing in the ring, so there's a lot of the shorter ones. Use that height. Use that size. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and it's that's what sets. That's one of the things that can set you apart. And uh, if you learn how to harness that and use it, there's a long way to go there. I mean, they could. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot a lot of potential with her. I'm glad for. Her. Yes. As we move on up to our more splashier good categories as we get to the best ofs, let's get to the best entrance of the year across all PLEs. That one entrance that gave you goosebumps, that gave you chills, that gave you life. So, Stephen, your pick for best entrance of the year. I don't even think there's a second place. Uh, (laughs) I think this might be the easiest category of all. I I think that Bianca Belair's entrance at WrestleMania might be one of the single best entrances in the history of professional wrestling. And I say it without reservation. I I think that, that that was something truly impactful and special. And I think about the best, you know, The Undertaker had the one with Johnny Cash where they licensed Ain't No Grave uh, for him. Uh, There was one in Japan with Minoru Suzuki where they had a live band play his uh, theme music and the the original singer and all this stuff. And uh, it's a call and answer, too, where the whole crowd sings Kazenin Are at the key moment to the big uh, crescendo. And they had the real band and her up there. But Bianca, with that dance group from, I believe, what they were from Compton, weren't they? Wasn't that where the group was from? They're in Los Angeles. They have this group of girls uh, having this fantastic uh, dance bit to her song. Bianca, in that situation, in a world title match, at a key moment at the biggest show, and in the middle of all that, there is this absolute explosion of energy and positivity before she comes through that down that ramp, that beautiful set they built. And uh, everyone was just loving that. I mean, it, it would choke you up. And, and I just thought that those girls in that situation with her, I think that was one of the best entrances I have ever seen in wrestling. And I've been watching this since 1983. I was blown away. I loved it for me. Best entrance I've seen in WWE. Wow, that is high praise. And I and one to all of that beautifully said, Scott, your pick for best entrance this year. Yeah, love what you said about Bianca. She do that every year, man. That was a great entrance. Uh, for me, it's Bad Bunny. And that man walking through with the kendo stick and then... And then the whole crowd just starts singing his whole song as he's pushing that cart. And then when Samantha says the, where they from, Puerto Rico, and they just go crazy as the drones fly. Man, Bad Bunny, you know, going like this as the fireworks is going on. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me go get all my stuff. Man, I, <laughs> that, I was so hyped when he got in the ring and stood across from Davian Priest, man. I, that, for me, was that was surreal. Like I thought that was one of the coolest things I had ever heard. I, you hear like people singing the song, like Jericho's, they sing his song a lot, but that was like, that entire crowd was waving, vibing and just mobbing with him. And I was like, this should have closed the show. It was incredible atmosphere for me. That's the best entrance. Um, But, but Steven, let me say, I am so glad you brought the Bianca thing. Cause she 
she does that every year and she absolutely deserves to get recognized for that. But that bad bunny, man, that that bad that thing hit different. I will get to my pick momentarily, but I probably cheated three times over. I'll get to it shortly. But Jeremy also picks Bad Bunny at Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And Paul Fontaine picks Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania night two. And for myself, I'm going to cheat. I'm picking Bianca Belair. That was a special entrance. I loved it. Beautiful. So heartfelt. Love the energy of those little girls. Oh, the best. Also, Bad Bunny backlash shambaya come on now that beat the drones him coming out there the fans going ridiculous and singing his song that whole show as i'll get to later was a a vibe vibe. oh it was a vibe it was so exciting that entrance was everything i played that song on my own time and i was in the pocket i'm not gonna lie and my third pick, Cody Rhodes, night two, WrestleMania. The angel wings on his back, like Sandra put her whole heart and soul into the outfit, and that man lost. And it hurts my soul because Sandra <laughs> put her pins and her needles and her thread in that outfit, and he lost. And then he came out, he came on the Cody Vader, and then the fans hit that note, and they went crazy. That pop was ridiculous. It was so good. We had the baby there. Brandy was there. Like, this some bullshit. Y'all had my man lose on his ain't your wings yeah. deplorable yeah the more the more, you, the more you go over it the more baffling that finish was oh. brandy sitting there like now who told y'all this was the finish to the rocky movie <laughs> this ain't rocky brandy okay. brandy adrian adrian i lost but i love you brandy brandy yeah we'll see what happens we'll see what happens with rocky 2 this year at 40 Oh my gosh. <laughs> see what happens. Oh uh, yeah, but that was a, a three-way tie for me. Just best entrance, best entrance, best entrance. Shout out to Roman on his too with the pianos. Yes. Credit you to him too. Let me just say that. That whole WrestleMania set. Yes. I just no. made a lot of those entrances just Brilliant. take it to another level. Yeah. I, I think that whole that set was one of the best sets they've ever had too. No, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that set. So big and just flashy. Love the movie theater theme of it all with the posters interchanging the creativity behind that yeah. as well. The red carpet, really, really creative stuff. As we get to, crazily enough, the PLE <laughs> of the year or pay-per-view of the year. And uh Scott, your pick. Man, I, I know WrestleMania Night One is the sexy pick. Um, Survivor Series is the uh, the 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 last, you know, the one with the biggest moments, you know, where Randy Orton and CM Punk returning. But let me tell you, man, Backlash was a vibe. Mm-hmm. Backlash was a serious vibe. It may not have been the best show, you know, match quality wise, because I don't. Night one, I don't think anything's topping night one as far as match quality goes. And, you know, what you had there, top to bottom. But, man, the vibe in San Juan just was different, man. The Selena Vega match, different. Carlito showing up, different. Like, everything just everything just felt special and different. 
even though Cody and Brock shouldn't the main event, and even they made that feel special and different just because of where they were in the atmosphere. So um, Backlash for me is the show is, is my favorite show of the year. All right, Steven, your pick for best. Yeah, I, and, I, and I am going to go with the sexy pick. I'm going to say the, the WrestleMania was the WrestleMania 39 was very special. And night one had, uh, which we'll get to later with another pick, is uh, had an amazing ending and just great matches top, uh, start to finish. Backlash is definitely worth mentioning. That is one of the hottest crowds you will ever find anywhere. I, I can't remember one like it. It was just amazing. How often is a wrestler reduced to tears of happiness by a crowd? But Selena Vega was, and that reception was emotional. It was genuine. It was all very real. Uh, that You mentioned the Bad Bunny thing, just fantastic. The way that whole thing was Carlito coming at just that celebration of that culture that mm-hmm. came through on that. that you're not... You're not used to that kind of uh, you're not used to WWE doing things that well when it comes to uh, like a, a, a non uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but uh, it just to a, a celebration of a culture like that. It's not something WWE traditionally does well. They tend to fall into bad stereotypes and things, but uh, it's a different era, isn't it? And boy, they hit that thing absolutely out of the park. So I had a blast with with backlash uh but i do think that the first for me the first night of wrestlemania wrestlemania as a whole the exception of that cody finish and all that but uh that was so well executed and uh a culmination of uh multiple storylines over the course of years coming together at the end of that night was a special moment for me and and i think that's probably my favorite but boy backlash was great I, i cannot argue with that pick Yes, Backlash was special. Elimination Chamber 2 in Montreal was another really hot crowd. The Montez Ford experience, I want that again. That still hurts (laughs) me. We haven't gotten more of that because that guy showed out in that match to realize, hey, he has great potential as a single star. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul Levesque. Just do what you got to do. But as for Paul and Jeremy, it is WrestleMania night one. And Paul just says mania straight up. And for myself, I'm also picking WrestleMania night one in L.A. What a show. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, enough said. The Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE tag team titles. The Street Profits Alpha Academy in that tag team match alongside, I want to say, who else was involved in that match, I want to give proper credit to everyone that was involved. Let me briefly pull up the card from this year's WrestleMania. Let me go to night one. It was Strowman and Ricochet as well, and the Viking Raiders. That match went ridiculous. Yeah. It just went crazy. We had Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. It was, it was not my five stars, but they gave it their all. I love them. Rey Mysterio spanking Dominic Mysterio, whooping his ass thank, scott thank was converted into saying thank, ray was the best father of the year and, and think of how and think of how strong the entrances were this year the dominic coming in in the the, the wrestlemania yes. one in the, the back point. of the paddy wagon didn't even make the list and that would have won in most years uh what what a what a show that was when he came in that i fell off my couch i was just like boy they are just going all the way they are committed to this bit and i'm here for it 
I loved it. That does get an honorable mention because what I also loved about the entrance was the fact he wore the mask. Oh, and yeah. like Dom looks really good in a mask. He does. He, he does. does. He like does. whenever it's time for them to reconcile and raise his son, I love you. Here's the mask. It's yours now. Like Dom would be great in a mask. That is a fact. Ooh, that, that entrance should happen. That's the, that, that should, should be happen. The angle. Oh, that goodness. should be the that's angle. Like, that's like Indiana Jones giving the hat. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Because what I think is going to happen in the next year or two, all this nuclear heat that Dom is getting right now it is going to translate into a really strong baby face run for him. I do believe that. And if you give him that mask, oh, he's going to just sail. And I do think more improvements going to happen for him as well. He's got the back from WWE, well earned. So good for Dominic. But yes, underrated entrance of the year as well for Ray too in the low rider with Snoop. That was pretty cool as well. So two really good entrances for the Mysterios. <laughs> and Backlash, my runner up for show of the year. That whole show, that SmackDown the night before, all of it was a vibe. It was a love letter to the Puerto Rican culture. They were like the country to be in that Saturday night. They loved everything and Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. That was that match. And Bianca Belair and EO Sky. That, that really cemented EO as someone who has next. Because those fans absolutely loved her. And that was one of the better women's matches this year because they tore it up. They really did. Yeah, they did. All right, so now we move on from best show of the year to, as I re-pull up my ballot right now, guilty pleasure of the year. You know, it's that thing you really shouldn't like at all. You should be like, this is terrible. This is bad television, but it warms your heart. It makes you laugh and it gives you a peace of mind and comfort when you need it most. So Steven, your pick for guiltiest pleasure in WWE this year. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's Chase U. It's Chase U for me. <laughs> I I shouldn't like it. Everything I say about the stuff that I like about wrestling, like the these the silly skits, the 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 classroom set, I shouldn't like it. And I didn't like it when it began at all. I just thought, oh, this isn't but somehow uh they pull it off week after week. It's been going on a long time, the Chase U thing. And uh Duke Hudson is oddly in endearing. There's just it all hints at him turning on Chase for a while, and the crowd just did not want him to. For some reason, he is just oddly endearing. They want Duke to be on their side. They want to cheer for the guy. Uh, Theo Hale, Thea Hale made a gimmick that would have died on almost anyone else uh, into something that worked and was something fun. And uh, I, I find myself watching those segments and smiling, and yet it goes against just about everything I I think wrestling ought to be. So uh, my guilty pleasure, I suppose, is Ch it's Chase University and its continued uh, its continued run of uh, zany skits. I guess is the the whole thing. Is I don't know why I like this stuff, Kila, but I, I get a kick out of it. I do. I love it. It's my favorite for profit fake college of all time. I love <laughs> it. I love how now it's corrupt and they have a gambling ring and oh Andre owns the mob, multiple amounts of money and. I love him. I love the whole school. I love Duke. I love Thea. JC's a delinquent. I love all of them. I've been loving this for two years now. I don't club. know why. It's the Breakfast Club at Bayside High. NXT Saved by the Bell. All of it rolled into one. And I love it. Now, it will not be my guilty pleasure this year, but I still love it. But Scott, your pick. 
Um, you know, I I, I was gonna go with uh, Suwu Scripts, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, oh I uh, you got you got edged out a little bit, but Suwu Scripts, I, I do want to give a shout out to you, man. You, you hold it down in them streets, you and them boys. Um, oh. my guilty pleasure is definitely the horses, the big men of WWE. Um, from Braun Strowman teaming up with Ricochet and just having a great match with Gunther to Bronson Reed and Ivar, you know, having good to great matches with guys on Raw. Gunther himself just dominating Raw. My guilty pleasure has been just watching the big men. And my, probably my favorite out of all of them is Omos. I, I've, I've enjoyed Omos every time he has showed up this year. His match with Seth Rollins, his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. All those were enjoyable matches. At some point, he's got to get fed to Cody Luther King. At some point, <laughs> not, you know, the Wakandan, the Wakandan warrior has to get fed, okay, to Luther King in tribal combat at some point. You know what I'm saying? I'm scared the, to say for anything. The, for the heart-shaped <laughs> herb, you feel me? For the heart-shaped <laughs> herb, you know what I'm saying? But, no, I, 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 love, I love my horses, man. I, 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 I enjoy big men slapping meat all over the place so pause but I, I, the horses i'm all for the horses you know what jeremy agrees with you as well because he says his guilty pleasure is gunther brutalizing folks <laughs> See, there you go yeah that's fair that's fair there you go. i i love it too and you know gunther has unlimited cheddar biscuits for me always i loved him thick walter thin gunther i love him both ways so him destroying people makes my night all the time talking about kelly clarkson thick kelly skinny kelly both Kellys work for me too. Love, love Kelly. me some Kelly. Love yes, me some Kelly. Absolutely, the best American Idol. I will always stand on that. And if anybody doesn't, I'll walk away. Of course oh. you would. Behind these hazel eyes, you would. Of course you would. As for Paul Fontaine, <laughs> his guilty pleasure is metaphor. As Scott has called them <laughs> repeatedly in different forms, and I quote: "In living color," and S Club Seven. Don't forget about Pitonics. And pit <laughs> no, not, not Don't forget about Pitonics. Don't forget about the acapella group. The acapella yes. group. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my God, he's right. Yes. Yeah, but he butchers <laughs> the name every time. It's Pentatonics, not Pentonics. I thought it was Pentonics. He butchers it. But yeah, but I have to say, I do love the metaphor too. They are yeah. so campy. Noam Dar is an idiot. And every time they had the Heritage Cup tournament, they would have these themes and they're sweet. One week it's the Matrix, next mm -hmm. week they're on a safari. Like, it's so stupid, but I love them. But my true guilty pleasure, a late entry into this race, is our truth trying to get ah. into Judgment Day? Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really and good. on Monday's Raw, we'll talk about it more in the past for our <laughs> listeners out there. I have been praying for weeks because I've been staring at one man in particular. Finn is hopeless. I, I don't I don't care about Finn. Love Finn. My main target was Damian Priest because I wanted truth to crack him. And he finally did. And he <laughs> could not contain it any longer. And that warmed my heart. Damian Priest, you folded. Finn, 
I expect nothing less. Damien Priest, he was a strong soldier for three weeks, finally folded on live TV this Monday. I loved it. Yeah, our truth is special with that stuff, man. He just he just manages to pull it off every time. It's just it is really funny. It is really funny. This might be the Sami Zayn situation of the bloodline from last year as well. Like he's going to get this over and they're going to add him to the group. And unfortunately for Priest, they're going to turn on you, dude, and you're going to need truth. I'm just going to say that right now. You're going to you're going to need a friend and he'll be your friend when it counts most forward storytelling in WWE. As we get to the best moment of the year, a lot of great moments to choose from, but Scott, your pick for best moment in WWE this year. Man, um, I know CM Punk coming back is probably every is a lot of people's picks, and that's, like we talked about earlier, we'll see how long that's going to last. But a moment I think is going to stand the test of time, and really made the other you know this moment i thought was the best moment because it should have been a shift in kind of the power and what was going to happen but jay uso pinning roman reigns uh for me is the moment of the year roman reigns not losing for years for years and him being the one to take that pin um for jay uso where this whole story started for him to be the guy to get that pinfall on Roman Reigns, um, I, I, I thought that was just an incredible moment. Um, the, the Sami Zayn getting his big moment, Kevin Owens telling him, "Get him, get him!" While he's in the corner, and Sami, you know, very reminiscent of when he beat Neville for the NXT title, where he kind of sat in the corner for a minute and took a breath while the crowd's going crazy, and that's a great moment too. But there was just something special about Roman eating a pen. And it just made me think, man, when he does take that loss for the title, it's it's going to be a nuclear reaction if it's done right. But So for me, Jey Uso pinning Roman Reigns. All right, Stephen, your moment of the year in WWE. I'm going to go with one that Scott just mentioned. That was when Sammy and Kevin beat the Usos at WrestleMania night one. And it was one of those moments that reminds you of why you love wrestling in the first place when it's done that correctly and hits that perfectly. It was a long-term story that goes back almost 10 years with Kevin and Sammy being the frenemies and then being close and then having some of their most violent matches against one another and still coming together in a believable way. You believe that these guys can fight like, and you know, just like absolute animals, and then come together and just be best friends again. And the way they play it, you believe it. And so when they finally reunited after the tragedy of how it all ended with Sammy and the Bloodline, which was a long and beautiful story in and of itself, all of that coming together at a perfect time, the ending of a great night at WrestleMania and a wonderful, wonderful match with four great workers. Uh, it was truly one of the high moments right there where. People left that stadium feeling so good that first night. I just, I, I heard plenty of reports of people just feeling 10 feet tall walking out of that stadium and singing and laughing and all that. It was such a feel-good moment that the pin on Roman Reigns is a great pick, and it was a terrific thing too, especially with the crowd and everything else. But uh, I just the whole thing with, there was such a, a deep story between Sammy and the Bloodline, Sammy and Kevin, that uh, all of it coming together like that really made me happy. That was my favorite moment. 
Yes, really great moment. And Jeremy Feinstein agrees with you. It was when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat the Usos for the tag team titles in the main event of night one of WrestleMania in Los Angeles. And also Paul Fontaine suggests that Sammy whacking Roman in the back with that steel chair mm-hmm. at the end of the Royal Rumble. And I have to say, I agree with Paul because that was a moment. Picture it like I'm Sophia from the Golden Girls. It's the Royal Rumble and we're at the Alamo Dome and it's sold out and it's the main event. And it's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And KO loses. And the beatdown is on. And they have Kevin Owens tied up on the ropes. And Roman wants Sammy to finish his former best friend. And Sammy refuses to pull the trigger. Instead, he smashes Roman in the back with that chair and the pop of that moment the fans are going crazy that sammy's conscience has kicked in and jay doesn't know what to do like oh my god and instead of just joining in on the fight he walks away let's poor sammy is massacred but he said i when I have any hand in this directly. That was one of the best endings to a PLE WWE has ever done this at the stage for Elimination Chamber. And ultimately, WrestleMania, we had the breakup to Sammy and Jay for a time, and they reunited this fall. That is a story I love the most because I got what I wanted, the reconciliation, but they went through the breakup and everything leading into what happened at WrestleMania was absolute perfection. This was peak bloodline goodness until the summer. Yeah. All right. Our next category is breakout star of the year. A tough, tough, challenging category. Steven, you go first. Hi. Uh, what a lot of contenders there were on this one. And so it, I really struggled with this one. It, it, it was so many good choices, but in the end, I had to go with uh, L.A. Knight, and and the reason I pick L.A. Knight right there is that this is a guy that the fans got behind and the WWE actually listened to them, and it paid off in a big way. He's always been an entertaining promo. They're getting most out of him after the age of 40. It's a terrific feel-good story right there, and for him to go to somebody who was you know, in one of the, you know, not a very good feud at the beginning of the year and someone that they did the maximum male models with and it wasn't working and things. And for them to just finally go, you know what, we're just going to let this guy do his thing and just let him get over. He got over like crazy. And then when the fans responded to him just being himself on the microphone or as the character he likes to play out there on the microphone, uh, when the fans responded to it, they went with it. And that really felt good. It's a, it's, there's so many good choices with Dragonov and on NXT and Tiffany Stratton, who I really thought hard about. And uh, but in the end, I just think for somebody that ended up uh, headlining a couple of pay-per-views uh, for somebody that was a while doing a male model agency gimmick for a while. I just thought that's that's a nice breakout for a guy who at times, I mean, considering he's, you know, 40 years old, probably figured that he wasn't quite going to do this, that, that maybe this wasn't in the cards for him in, in uh, the year, and maybe I'll just have a nice little run with WWE and, and finish up. And instead, main eventing pay-per-views when I don't think a lot of people would have picked that for him not too long ago. So LA night for me. All right, Close, Scott. Though. All right. Very tough decision. But Scott, your pick for breakout star of the year. 
You know, for me, I talked about this guy a couple weeks ago, and uh, for my for me, my pick is Damian Priest. I think Damian Priest has solidified himself as someone that they can not only rely on to carry Monday Night Raw, to go to a main event, to have a celebrity match with Bad Bunny, um, to run the tag division, to mingle in the singles division. They trusted him enough to have a singles match with Cody in Saudi Arabia. I, you know, I think the, and he is the he's at the central core of this whole Judgment Day piece. He's probably going to be the one to get turned on when they all said and done and turn back babyface. I think Damian Priest has had a almost underappreciated year because he's not the main event guy. He's not the top guy, but man, is he consistent. I, he's put on some of the best tag matches this year. Um, his work with Finn's been great. I think he's done some great character work. Whenever him and Rhea go, whenever they're button heads, I love the character work there. So uh, for me, Damian Priest, man, I think he has solidified himself as a main event guy uh, in WWE. All right. As for Paul and for Jeremy, they both, they both picked Dominic Mysterio as their breakout star of the year. As for myself, this was extremely difficult. I have done some calculus in my head, so I might have a tie or two in my head as we speak. But I'm going to go with a three-way tie. I have to. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. A three-way tie? Yes. You can't even flip a coin. No. It's just... Steven starts talking and I start thinking and I have to recalibrate some stuff, have to rearrange some mathematics and make it work for me. So I'm selecting the following stars as my breakout stars (laughs) of the year. (laughs) First up, Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom, Ratings Dom, a drawn NXT. He predates Becky Lynch for being a ratings mover on that show. And he did what he needed to do, came through, became the North America champion, put some respect in that title's name. And he is legit a true star in WWE. Legit heat. You got to love that for him. My other first place runner up goes to Tiffany Stratton. Great year for her. Has come into her own main event at a PLE against Becky Lynch. One of the best matches this year. Extreme rule style at no mercy. She is really coming to her own. No more daddy's girl. That bullshit. That's gone. She just really, really talented. Yes, I'm gorgeous, but she's very talented at the exact same time. Not relying on the looks because she's got it in the ring. And then the aforementioned before many times over on this show, Trick Williams, a breakout star this year who has come into his own in the ring. He's always been good on the mic, but the fans love him so much. That theme song is over. The Booker T ad-libs. Get that man in the studio. Let him ad-lib your song. Yeah. You heard I like it. There's a reason Bad Bunny got a song called Booker T, and Booker T ain't got nothing but one line in it. (laughs) And you dig it, sucker. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Booker coming through with the drops, trying to sue Wade Barrett when he said Shimon. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stratton's been special. You know the thing about Stratton too; she's she's a natural, and it's interesting because the WWE has been trying to create Tiffany Stratton for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who 
looks like she does, like the marketable look, right? And it's about who can talk and can work. And they tried to do it with Eva Marie, and it didn't pan out at all, right? And then they tried again with Mandy Rose and got closer. Like she could kind of talk, the, but the work wasn't quite at this level and things. And now the, the what, what the funny thing is at the beginning of the year, I just said it's Mariah May over there in stardom. When I was, I was, yeah, I watched a lot of the Japanese stuff and Mariah May was just somebody that came along like a bolt of lightning. And you're just like, Oh my God, she can talk. She looks like that. She can work. And this is what WWE has been trying to do for years. And then poof, Tiffany Stratton just turned up the, it just hit the gas and just the, her, her in-ring stuff, everything. Like you said, dropping the shopping in the daddy's girl gimmick was the best thing that could have happened. Uh, she can still be the mean girl. She can still be kind of the nasty, arrogant uh, one, but without it being uh, just, you know, w- without that, oh, uh, daddy's girl stuff, which, which held it back. She's not held back anymore. Ring works right there. They've been trying to put together something like her for years and years, and they finally they finally got it, and they'd be silly not to run with it. I don't think her time in NXT should be a whole lot longer. I don't know what more she she needs to be on the main roster because you only get better wrestling people better than her, and there aren't a lot of people in NXT that are better than her right now. So it's probably roundabout time, but you know, do it right, take your time, uh, get her up to the main roster. But I think she's someone that could be a big star for a real long time with them, and it's been satisfying to see. Absolutely. I think they've been trying to look for that next for Stratus for 20 years. Finally yeah. found it in Tiffany Stratton, but she's not going to be Trish. She's going to be the first Tiffany Stratton. And I think yeah. that should matter. Won't even be Charlotte Flair. She'll be Tiffany Stratton all on her own. And I think that'd be her biggest asset moving forward. And she's improved so much this year. And I think that some people that I love and respect so much should give her a bit more credit because I can tell when someone's in their head wrestling, Tiffany is no longer in her head wrestling. She Mm -hmm. just kind of does it now. She knows her spots. She knows what to do. It's not robotic. It's not overly rehearsed. She just goes out there and puts on a match. Think about that Iron Survivor Challenge. She was a ring general. Who would have said that a year ago? Mm -hmm. Was there for every spot, didn't miss a beat. So that is my breakout star alongside Trick and Dominic Mysterio as we get to now the best storyline in feud of 2023. Scott, your pick. I mean, everything we've talked about when it comes to moments, matches, has in some way, shape, or form all connected to the bloodline. It, it, it's the bloodline. It, whether it's the story with uh Sammy and Jay, Sammy and Roman, Jay and Roman, the Usos versus Roman and and Solo, it's the bloodline. You know, Dominic and Ray had a great feud. Great story and 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 you talked about the skits and that was going on before the year, you know, so great story there, but the bloodline. It's the story we're all waiting waiting to culminate, you know, whenever Roman loses. And it's the story that whenever it gets back in gear, People are right there with it. It's the bloodline. All right, Stephen, your pick. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the bloodline, and it's the correct answer. It, it, even if, even though it has petered out a little bit since the USO split, it's been the most captivating thing going. And what it tells the story for me is that it's built up so much equity that even though we're kind of in this weird little thing where it's plateaued, and uh, you're still waiting, like. Any week now, this is going to get great again. Right, you just right. still have that feeling like any time now, something's going to happen that's going to turn this thing around because it's been so good for so long that we believe in it. 
we believe in the storyline, which isn't something that we're, that happens all that often. So uh, hopefully that will indeed be the case. Uh, we'll find out as things go along. But for me, it's the bloodline. I'll say this as kind of an honorary thing. I, I want to mention, because they, we barely mentioned them on the show at all, but all year long, I've been kind of interested in the damage control stuff. I think they've done a hell of a good job. They're not, the, it's not the best. It's not on bloodline level, but Bailey's long-term breakup, which we've all seen coming. And even she is kind of seeing it coming now as this all awkwardness builds in, uh, the work is fantastic. I mean, EO sky is one of the best in the world. Bailey is excellent in the ring. Uh, now Kyrie is one of the very best Oscars. I mean, look at the work rate on this thing. And then, even after Dakota Kai's injury, she's interesting in that she might be the mastermind behind the scenes here. Like, I noticed that all these things, it's like it's her telling Bailey what the Japanese women are saying, but is it really them saying it? Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it Dakota kind of weaseling her way in there? There's intrigue to it. There's really good matches to it. Uh, it's it's made uh, a bit of sense. So like Kyrie comes in and like, oh, great. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yes, I knew all about it. Yeah, sure. It's been fun. So honorable mention there. Uh, I think the, the women in damage control have done a hell of a job, but bloodline that's, it's been the focal point of the company for years and uh, we'll, we'll continue to be for a while. All right. And Jeremy agrees with Steven. He says damage control. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting pick. I would say next year when the Joshis beat up Bailey, this will be <laughs> like one of the best moments of the year as she will need a friend. Mercedes Monet is going to make that call and she's going to answer it and she's going to be there for a friend. Both prediction heading into next year. I think it's going to happen. There's a big opening in there now. There's a big opening now. It is. Charlotte is unfortunately out yeah. for the next year or so. So unfortunate, but it opens the door for Sasha to walk through to be there for her best friend when the Joshis destroy her at the behest and request of Dakota Kai. I'm just saying. And as Paul Fontaine, he also says the bloodline, it's all of what Sammy and Kevin did to win those tag team titles at WrestleMania night one against the Usos. As for myself, I'm going to go against the trend. I'm going to hold the bloodline accountable because of what happened at SummerSlam. I'm going to give them demerits. I'm going to take this award from them. They're not going to win it. Instead, I am going to give it to the second most dominant faction in WWE this year, the Judgment Day versus everybody. (laughs) Yes. All right, shoot that. The Judgment Day versus everyone, all the baby faces on Monday Night Raw. They ran WWE. Rhea Ripley told Paul Heyman, acknowledge me. I got this. She's making deals behind the scenes with Drew McIntyre, making making deals with the bloodline for short-term deals of collaboration to take out their enemies. The Judgment Day in the latter portion of this year usurped, replaced dethroned the bloodline as the go-to faction in WWE. And they were main eventing Monday Night Raws for weeks and months on end, and they were leading story. This uh this uh this sounds like a bit of a personal thing right here. It sounds like got a little <laughs> little 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 animosity in this pick here. I'm just 
Just try to read the tea leaves. You Kilo, know? Kilo, Kilo's been hurt. There's no question about I, it. He's been hurt. I think, I think someone someone took one here. You mm. know? Cody losing still hurts my spirit. <laughs> took it here. It hurts my move. heart. It was a bad, it was a bad move. move. It was. Yes, it but, was. This, but the SummerSlam thing, it did not help. That no. whole finish did not sure. help at all. So that's why they get some demerits. Now, the Cody thing is personal, but the SummerSlam finish, demerits. So when I look at the totality of the year, I think Judgment Day had a stronger year of being the more dominant faction with a bit better story of them being on TV every week, feeding with everybody on Monday Night Raw. Just my opinion, despite me being a little salty. <laughs> I'm entitled to my salt because I'm still no angry. As we get to our top two categories of the year. Now, this could be easy. This could be difficult. But the award for match of the year goes to Scott. Your pick. Came down to three matches. Um, the tag match, Roman. I'm not Roman. Uh, the Usos versus Sammy and KO. The three-way IC title. And shout out to the ladies. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Man, I um I I think I'm going with the women, man. I think I'm going with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I and part of the reason is I was not expecting that match or not expecting to come away from that match just with my jaw on the floor exhausted in the best possible way because I feel like they were just throwing everything they had and when that match and it felt like two women had just beat the hell out of each other for the top prize and to call themselves the top dog in the division. And I, the physicality they brought and I'm, I, I talk about it every week and I'm a, I'm a keep getting on this mountain. Charlotte Flair is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't, or at least, at least North America. I, I will I know I got Steven on here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Charlotte Flair is one of the best workers in North America for sure. And I, I, people can hate on her all she, they want because she may be a bit over push, but when she needs to show up in a big match, she shows out. So yeah. for me, I'm taking the ladies. Yeah. Is, is she over push though? Because she saw, she seems to really deliver when she's put in that spot. So I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. And, and as far as things go, I mean, you know, like a, you know, stardom and things has some phenomenal yeah, right, workers. And right. I, I do think that the, the top, level of wwe uh wwe's women division play on the same level as the the stardom the top women in stardom i do think there are a handful in wwe Rhea's one of them charlotte's one of them that play on that level so i don't have any problem with saying that she's one of the very best i think that's true that uh yeah I, that's it's a good pick charlotte picks it up everywhere and, and Rhea's just had an absolute career year so yeah all right, and our special guest picks goes to Jeremy Finestone Selects Match of the Year, Sammy versus Roman for the Universal Championship at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. As for Paul Fontaine, it's a three-way mania IC title match between Gunther, the champion, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. Two very fine picks. This is also very difficult for me to decide because late runner-up in the race the men's iron survivor challenge <laughs> at NXT deadline was just spectacular in terms of action and the execution of timing. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the women's championship at night one of WrestleMania. Unforgettable. 
These women always work great together. Their WrestleMania match in front of no one three years ago, special. Money in the Bank 2021, special. This match, extra special. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles at WrestleMania Night 1, special. Triple Threat, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, WrestleMania Night 2, special. I will have to select Elia Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes mm. to No Mercy yeah. NXT. That was special. Yeah. It's a good pick. Boy, that was a hell of a match. Dragunov is one of those guys that seems like every single match is an event, and he's, he's one of the best sellers in the world. Carmelo Hayes has just a brilliant future, so when those two hook up, it's it's been great every single time, and you know, Dragonov has really been somebody that we knew he was good from NXT UK. I was a big NXT UK fan. I, I love that show. And you saw him and it's just, he, he didn't really fit the mold of what you would think would be the, the guy, but man, every time he's in the ring, it's, it's a blast. He, it just really makes you feel his pain and you feel his comebacks then. And uh, it all works out that way. And, and that match is a great example of it. So that's a very good call. That's a very good call. Yes, so many matches to choose from. I'm leaving off so many, but what a year for great matches in WWE. And now the time has come. Steven, did you pick your match? And no, I did. I actually, I started, I just ran my mouth about everybody else's picks, but like, uh, <laughs> it, it's, you can't go wrong with any of those WrestleMania matches. You just can't go, you can't go wrong with them. Uh, I do think that the, uh, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus match. As, as someone who likes the strong style of wrestling that New Japan brings, where it's just that stiff, hard-hitting, big moves type of thing, that match did it for me. So, I'll, for all the reasons mentioned that uh, have already been mentioned, I I think that was a, a that was my personal favorite. But again, I have no argument with anybody's picks. What a year! Great year! Great year! I can throw in, you know, Tiffany and Becky the Extreme Bulls match. I can throw in Becky and Trish, the Steel Cage match mm-hmm. at Payback. A lot of really good matches by WWE this year. Bat Bunny and Damian Priest, their mm-hmm. street fight at Backlash in Puerto Rico, spectacular as well. The love letters to LWO with Carlito and Savio fucking Vega showing up in the clutch. Yeah, like, come on, like just specialness all the way around. But now it is time for our top honor the top award of the evening, the award for superstar of the year. Last year, the winner was Bianca Belair. The winner before that was Roman Reigns. This is a top honor in my estimation as to who the top star of the year is. Scott has envelope ready to go. He has made his selection. And the winner is Gunta. <laughs> I, uh, the 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 variety of opponents, the variety of finishes, the the stories he's able to tell. Like he made Chad Gable more relevant. Well, not let me rephrase that. He didn't make. They both did that, but him being a part of that story elevated Chad Gable to a relevance where people are like, "Yo, this guy's got to win the title." This guy's got to be the one to do it. Um, but Gunther for me, man, Roman is the most over guy. There's no question about that. And I want to say Cody Rhodes should be mentioned for being 
probably the only babyface who could lose at WrestleMania and stay continuously over in the good gracious of the fans for an entire year. Like, this is not something that happens often, but Gunther for me, man. Must see TV. Um, he's getting great. He's getting great matches out of the Miz. Mm-hmm. He, he he gets love in my book. Okay, so uh, Gunther for me. All right, Stephen, your pick uh, for Superstar of the Year. Yeah, Gunther's a fantastic pick. He just had a brilliant year, and and, and again, the, their presentation of they don't they they haven't missed with him at all. With NXT UK, they presented him well. WWE, they're presenting him well. That. Whenever he does lose that Intercontinental title, it's going to be a monstrous happening. So good pick there. Uh, I, I had it down to two. And uh, since Keela did a three-way tie earlier, I'm going to do a tie here on this one. But uh, uh, but only two people. I'm just, I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and do it. But uh, Cody and Cody Rhodes and Scott hit on it. He lost the biggest match of the year and came out. Uh, relatively unscathed as far as all that goes and then had a pretty good feud of Brock Lesnar uh the beginning of the feud didn't make a ton of sense but we're you know, but uh they made something out of it he carried the house show circuit along with Seth because Roman doesn't really work him uh so uh Cody was the main event for a lot of house shows that drew very well uh and, and there were a lot of reasons for that but Cody was on top in most of those uh every promo and match he does feels like a big deal his presentations there the suits uh the song that the crowd's into the the engagement with the people it feels like he's always been there in a way it almost seems weird that he was in AEW not all that long ago he just feels like the top guy in the WWE and that this is where he uh, belongs. So for me, uh, Cody just had a phenomenal year. And of course, the beginning of the year, winning the rumble, going to mania, uh, he had the fans behind him. Like, uh, like very few have. So I think Cody had a great year. And the other one for Rhea Ripley to basically spend a year as one of the top two heels on one of the major shows uh, both as a wrestler, as a, a talker, as a character, she has done every single thing well this year. And uh, she seems very confident, very comfortable in the role. Uh, and like I mentioned, that brilliant match with Charlotte regularly performs on the highest level. I've had friends that are not wrestling fans uh, who have come to me and just said, "Who? there's this Australian goth girl. <laughs> like they aren't sure of the name or something like that, but that, <laughs> Like, who is that? And I said, oh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, she's great. And they just said, yeah, man, she's the, I, I was like flipping channels or something. And I couldn't, I, I just stopped, just froze because she was on talking about her. And this is somebody that doesn't watch wrestling, uh, but knew that I did. And I knew that they could ask me about who she was and things. So uh, for that reason, I just thought, okay, something, I, I know she's talented. She's been talented a long time. Something special with her uh, that she's even getting people that don't normally watch wrestling kind of stop what they're doing and just go, hmm, this person's interesting. Who is this? So uh, Rhea and Cody, just for very, very strong years, spending most of the year on top of one of the major shows. I think they both deserve their props this year. Fine. Excellent picks. Jeremy Finestone picks Cody Rhodes as his superstar of the year. A fine selection because he was a part of this main roster all year long on TV, having a really fun feud with Brock Lesnar. Still want to figure out why Brock came for that man after WrestleMania. No clear answer i'm still waiting for live as well let me know girl why you went hardcore and i want to know why brock came after cody after wrestlemania what was the reason tell me why i can tell you why he i can tell you exactly why the dude was backstage and he turned down the moonshine 
You saw what happened in the ring with MVP. Okay. He turned down the moonshine back. He was like, I got a match. You know, I can't do that. Can't I can't take that. Brock ain't like that. You know where I thought that angle was going? Seriously. I just thought, you know what the, how this is gonna be? Uh it's going to turn out that Paul Heyman told Brock, if you take out Cody, we'll pull that clause where you don't get a title shot again. Mm. And I just thought, what, why would Brock do that? Like, what would be what would be the point? What would benefit Brock to just attack Cody? And I just thought, well, if if his little backdoor deal with Paul was a part of it, but it, I, I guess it's not. We would have heard about it by now. But that was where where I thought the angle was going. I thought that would make it make sense at least. He had he had something to gain by doing so, other than just getting into a fight. But maybe not. Probably not. We were, probably would have heard of it by now if that were the case. All right, and then Paul Fontaine selects Gunther as his yeah. superstar of the year, and I will select for my runner-up Ilya Dragunov as my superstar of the year. Fine working in NXT all year long, just brings out the best in everyone. But my overall superstar of the year is also the ring general, Gunther. Outstanding year for our ring general, IC champion, the longest reigning champ in WWE history. The guy has at least 10 good finishers he can use on you on a given night. Ask the Miz about it. He used about four of them this, this past Monday on Raw. But this guy is spectacular, unlimited cheddar biscuits. And this dude got married this summer and he came back with so much swag. Refreshed. Refreshed. <laughs> I, I, saw a I saw a picture of him on one of his, it wasn't his social media, it was somebody else, but they took a picture with him and his wife and uh, now wife and all this stuff. And they were at an airport or something. And he was just had this really genuine warm smile on his face. And it really freaked me out. Because I'm not used to seeing that guy smile. And the whole time I've seen him, I don't think he's ever smiled because of his character and thing is you see this big warm smile on Gunther's face. You're just like, ah, and it was almost creepy in, in a way. And I don't, he's a good looking guy. I'm not trying to, it was just like, it's so out of context that I was just like, oh, it's a little unsettling. And it was like, if he smiled at me, I think I made me more frightened of him. You know, I remember my, uh, my first six months of marriage too. I remember beaming like that as well. Let's see how he's doing. Let's see how he's doing a year later. Let's see if that's let's see if that beam and glow is still there. Oh, look at oh, Scott oh, oh, being God, a miserable. I, I, I got I gotta go. I think my wife's upset. I think my wife heard me. I gotta go. <laughs> look yeah. at Scott peeking into marriage for Gunther a year later. How will he glow come June of next year? We I'm shall see. Saying. We go see what them summer months look like. All right, we'll come back and we reassess mid-year for Gunther's one-year reading anniversary to Ginny. But with that, this wraps up the 2023 Rap Awards. Great job, guys. We ran down the year that was for WWE. And in summary, this is a really strong year for WWE. This was a year where we had some tough decisions to make because there was a lot of good stuff that we could talk about, a lot of standout stars, a lot of great matches, great moments, and everything in between. But most importantly, which I'm really proud of for WWE, is that when I look at the television ratings, it's attracting a younger audience, which has not been the case in decades. And that makes me very happy about the health of this industry when we are getting younger fans activated who are compelled to watch the show because the matches and the story and the presentation are good. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, 2024 is going to be anything but boring. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, whatever happens out there, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how all of these strong personalities and strong uh, work rate wrestlers and strong characters interact throughout the course of the year. Uh, there's just a lot to like, a lot to look forward to. And uh, who knows, they, they might have thrown a whole spanner in the works with the whole CM Punk thing. So we'll see if that catches fire too. It's, it's, it will not be a dull year. It will not. And the question is, where will Monday Night Raw go in the year 2024? Mm. Well, where will it land? Will it be back on USA? Will it go to FX? Will it go to a property owned by Warner Media Discovery, who could be merging with Paramount for all we know in the next year or so, which is absolutely insane. Crazy. So crazy. These mergers are ridiculous. They really are at this point. Showtime and HBO under the same banner. It's a weird world. Weird world. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Showtime and HBO all under the same umbrella and family? Cinemax 2, they're owned by HBO. All of them, all of the pay channels we would pay for as kids and as young adults, now they're all under one roof, potentially. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of a, a wild west of these uh, as these streaming services merge and join up together, and you know where's you know, where's WWE going to end up, and that 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 contract isn't too far away from uh, being up. That's in the next few years, and uh, it, it you know well, SmackDown going back to USA could be Monday Night SmackDown if they let Raw go. Cool. Uh, NXT going over to CW, which okay, well that's. No, I didn't have that on my bingo card. And you know, Raw, Raw could go any place. Well, we have no idea where Raw, Raw could be. Raw could be on TBS. It's nuts. It's a weird world we got going. Shout out to Billy Corgan for NXT. <laughs> Billy, shout out. shout out to him. And let me tell y'all something. I know that the voting is going to begin very soon for the Wrestling Observer Awards for the year 2023. I said this a few weeks ago on the wrap. I swear to God, if the NWA does not win worst promotion of the year, I am filing a formal complaint. It cannot, and it should not be WWE. It better not be. I don't see how it could. I just, I'd, I'd be, I mean, I understand. I understand what you're talking about. I understand where I know, I know there's, I understand what you're talking about, but I just man, I can't fathom that someone could write down WWE after the year they had and what NWA has done this year. It's just it would be uh, you have to ret- have to have to retire it on that one. I, I don't know if I could even really pay attention to those awards all that much. If that's man, shout out to Tyrus for carrying the National Wrestling Alliance <laughs> on his back this last year. Oh. Shout out to Tyrus, man, and Fox News. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to you, Tyrus, Give for holding strength. it down. Give me strength. Steven you know is broken saying? at this point. He doesn't know what to do, but Steven is right. Like, listen, if they do not win the award for worst promotion, Dave, I love you. Throw the whole awards issue in the trash. Just never mind it. Just never, never mind it. do it again because clearly there is pettiness on a level that it just is on a level of pettiness that we cannot even foresee. Well, do not throw the bouts away. 
to be fair, Keela, you did take an award away from the bloodline. Deservedly so. No, fair. I had stats and facts to back me up, despite me being a little salty. She's been hurt. She's been hurt. She's lashing out. Yes. Okay, Stephen, I caught that. I did. Oh, wow, I did. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah, I meant that. Okay. Yes, great job. <laughs> As we put a, <laughs> yes, lashing out. I'm not on Lash Legends show lashing out, but I had a moment and I don't regret it for one second. As we put a bow on this extra special edition of The Wrap right here on the Fikey Media Network, back on the free feed. I hope that you enjoyed this jam-packed episode with myself, Stephen, and Perky Scott as we recap the year that was for WWE via our third annual rap awards thank you so much guys for joining us thanks for having me i always love it thank you as always it's a pleasure to chop it up talk all things wwe looking forward to uh 2024 um this will be the last time you see me in a in some business cash so enjoy the tie i'm rocking white tees rest of all 2024 white tea gang <laughs> i love to see it cannot wait for it and by the time <laughs> this show drops It'll be close to the end of the year as we bid 2023 adieu and say hello to 2024. And for us, Scott, we're bringing back and we might do a live wrap to kick off the year 2024 on YouTube because it is going to be day one. Oh, Monday Night Raw, New Year's Night. Yeah, we can go ahead. We, you can go ahead and book that. We in there. We in there for that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go live, I think. But we're gonna yeah, take we're, we're gonna take some time off of the holidays by the time the show drops, it's over basically. The year's done for us. I might even shave. Scott might shave. <laughs> you might say goodbye to this lovely beard. If we pull a clip from the show and you see it on YouTube, bye bye, beard. Bye bye. Yeah, I might go ahead and let it go. Yes, day, yes. Day one looks like a good card. They're putting together a nice little night there. That there's the that lineup looks strong. It is against the college football playoffs as well. That is going, ooh, it's tough. It's tough, but I think they'll be okay. They're going to survive it, and they'll get past this once the playoffs are over, not only for the college side of things, but for the NFL as well. So jam-packed month for WWE. They'll get better heading into the Warrior Rumble in terms of numbers at the end of January. But until then... Hey, it's been a fun ride this year on The Wrap. A lot of great memories. Thanks, everyone, for dropping by, chopping it up with myself and Scott all year long. Steven, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. So with that, enjoy the rest of your year, guys. Happy New Year. If the show's dropping close to the end of 2023, get ready for day one for WWE Monday Night Raw, January 1st, 2024. Until then, for myself, for Perky Scott Young, and for Stephen Conway, that is a wrap for the year that was in WWE for 2023. Take care, bye-bye, and Happy New Year. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.